really, you know, realizing that my role as a teacher has completely changed now as well. It's, you know, it's no longer, it's no longer about content. It's about like, how can I help you talk to this person? How can I help you find this information? You know, what, what skills and strategies can I do? How can I, you know, help you, you know, advance those critical thinking and those collaboration skills to know that it, the information you're getting is actually good information. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. The man you just heard at the top of the show, his name is Matt Gosnell. I'll have all the particulars on where he teaches here in a second, but what I really want you to focus in on, if you are a parent or if you're a teacher who is trying to promote innovation strategies, a genius hour, 20% time, whatever. I want you to listen to the struggles because this is kind of a theme that a lot of people don't like to talk about because we'd like to talk about the fact that, you know, the projects are great, but the struggle up front is, is really common. And I think what he's gone through uh, needs to be talked about because it's, it's a struggle at first, but it's exactly what we need our students to go through. Um, so I'm not going to go into too much of an intro. I'm just going to go right into this one because I think you're going to love it. Oh, so at the end of the show, he's got his contact information. Max, a good guy, and he wants to open up his classroom to the world. So I think that he would appreciate some feedback or maybe, uh, you know, just a, a question or two thrown his way. All right, here we go. Mac Gosnell. All right, now I'm joined by Mac Gosnell. He is a middle school teacher at Bermudian Springs in Pennsylvania. Mac, thanks for joining us on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Don. This is uh, very exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm eager to talk to you. This is uh, as about as serendipitous as it gets. So I guess we can get the backstory. You, <laughs> I had somebody cancel on me and uh, you said, hey, could, could you talk to my class real quick? And I did. And I really understood what I saw. And I was like, okay, really quick. You want to do a podcast? So thank you for like literally doing it on the fly. I appreciate that. Oh, no worries. You know, sometimes the best things happen just on the fly. It's great. Yeah. So um, tell us about your class. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the struggle here in a second. But tell us about your class. All right. My class is uh, called the Passion Project. And it's the uh, third year that the class has been been around. And the basis of the class is that, that idea of 20% time. You know, we're allowing the kids to choose what they want to pursue and work on and go from there. Uh, I am sort of emulating your rule of thirds. So we have them, you know, pick something they're passionate about, pick something that uh, has you know, a fairly low skills acquisition so it doesn't inhibit the project, and then also have it, you know, benefit someone other than them. So we're trying to work in that empathy aspect of it. Uh, as well. Um, of course, you know, as soon as we say, all right, here you go, you can do whatever you want, nothing happens. So <laughs> that has been, you know, one of the one of the big struggles. But it's also, you know, getting 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 them to realize that, you know, they now have all this power that they can they can choose whatever they want to do and they can reach out to whoever they want and getting them to see that and hearing me say it over and over again sometimes doesn't always have <laughs> the effect that that I need. So I had actually heard you talking with uh, another teacher who's doing a very similar sort of thing. You said that you called in and gave them a quote unquote brow beating. And I thought that's exactly what, what this group needs because they have so much potential, but I just feel like they're kind of letting it slip by. And this is exactly why I wanted to go ahead and then have you on the podcast, because what you're going through is just about what 
everybody goes through that does a 20% time or a passion project and they don't like to admit and that it is tough. It, it sounds so counterintuitive. Like, Hey, and I even bring this up to some of my students. Now, mind you, my first couple of years of doing this class and I'm, I'm like you, I had my own class. It wasn't a, it wasn't 20 minutes on a Friday, but you know, I would remind them, I'm like, these are things you want to do, not things that you have to do. And so on paper, it sounds like, well, this is the easiest or most fun class in the world. And then sometimes it just turns to drudgery because like they're literally doubling down on just tell me what to do. And oh, that, exactly that, that is, that's uh, what I've encountered, you know, quite a bit. And, you know, they're also, you know, programmed by this idea that, you know, that you come in, you sit down, I tell you what to do. And when given that freedom, they, they tend to struggle. And that's been, that's been one of the big, that's been one of our big issues. So it's getting them to, to try to find what they actually like and going through and, you know, brainstorming. And we did uh, Tina Seelig's uh, confidence passion matrix and tried to work out some things there. And it's really been, that's been the biggest part of, you know, getting everything going. Yeah. A congratulations. I think Tina's just, I think the world of her and yeah, that, that matrix is awesome. But I, I, I will say, one, I'm happy you're starting earlier. I mean, I'm glad this is a middle school class. I, I think, you know, I've seen some schools that, that especially like anytime I do a work with any school corporation, I beg them to take genius hour seriously at third grade because they, those kids start bubbling up. And by the time they get into your class, they know exactly what they want to do. It's a continuation of what they're doing last year. Um, because those pendulum swings get a little less. You know, I've, I've had students that like, I'm going to learn how to do this. Well, that sucks. Okay, I'm going to learn how to do that. Well, that sucks. Then they kind of bounce back and forth and then they start finding out what they truly enjoy. So in some cases, it's okay to like try things and say, I quit. However, there's that balance of, okay, quit, quit quitting on everything, yeah. which well, can be a popular theme too. Yes, and that's, you know, the what we're, what we're kind of experiencing now. So the class is only a semester long. So I have them for two marking periods. So really getting, getting them going is that, you know, that initial thing, but also laying that, that uh, groundwork for, Hey, you know, we, uh, you have this choice, you can do this kind of breaking that, breaking that mindset in the first few weeks and then getting them to realize that they're allowed to do what they want and they're also allowed to quit. But then they, just like you said, that quitting almost becomes like the ultimate out. Like, Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to quit it. I'm done. And that's that. So that, that grit aspect of it, that perseverance is something I'm trying to foster as well. So, yeah, well, and it's again, that grit aspect is the double edged sword, right? So in some, in some ways we're saying, Hey, fail early, fail often. If you truly don't think it's going to be you quit. And at the same time, if you think that you kind of like it, but you're just meeting some pushback or, you know, it gets a little tough, well, toughen up. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a, but I'm telling you, Mark, the, the, the nice thing is that's a life skill and they may not seem like they get it now, but I have had more students come back. Matter of fact, this is a revolving door. We get so many students that are in college and they come back to my class and they're like, okay, I've been to the other side of the mountain don't waste this opportunity. Like that's the nice thing. Like this class is now eight years old. And so we have some pretty cool successful alumni and we have some pretty cool, I regret that I didn't do more. And sometimes some outright jealousy, you know, there's some students that are like, okay, we weren't getting a hold of, I mean, we've gotten a hold of some pretty 
amazing people in the last couple of years to call into the class from, you know, the, the, I saw your kids kind of freak out and I said the ninja called the class or, you know, you know, uh, uh, Tim Ferriss or a Naveen and people like that, Tina. But, um, the, the kids are like, okay, I clearly get it now what I should have done. And, and they're probably kind of picking up on these things now, but I'm promising you in a couple of years, that mindset that you went over again and again and again will start to occur to them. It's, it's frustrating that it wasn't in the class or that year, but that's what I have found at least. Right. And, and, and really I, if that's the case, then, then I don't care. Like I, I would much rather have them, you know, leave here with maybe that nugget of a beginning as they go into the, to the rest of their lives, then, you know, have, have something great happen here and then be like, Oh, well, you know, that great thing happened in eighth grade, I'm done. And, and that, so, you know, I, I, you know, I want them to be able to, to go out and, and, and see these opportunities and find these opportunities. And I'm hoping that this will go And our district has actually taken, uh, steps further they've started a foundational design course for five six and seven so the kids are getting that idea of uh you know design thinking and what they like and how to work together so then when they come to me it's sort of like a feeder class then and over the next couple of years i'm, I'm looking forward to having the kids come in and really you know be ready to to kind of attack whatever problems they can find have you seen a difference in how they approach the first part of the year um the I haven't had any of those kids yet. I'll have them next year. But oh, okay. In, but in visiting those in those classes, you can see a definite a definite sort of light in what the kids are doing. And again, it's not it's not everybody, but you get those kids that this is this is what they're built for. They're not they're, you know they're the ones that aren't necessarily built for school. They're the ones who are Absolutely. built for going out and finding and doing and creating. And and those they've been the ignored majority for so yeah. long. And now, and now we're giving them a voice, which I have been, I have been asked once and I was literally on stage and somebody asked the question like, what does an average innovation student look like? And I I wasn't quite sure whether they meant like demographics or whatever, but for some reason, I always remember this. I go, it looks like a skateboarder. (laughs) And I kind of thought about it. I said, they're used to taking risks. They're used to failing so much so that they'll break their collarbone. And then they'll keep skating and probably break their other collarbone. They have to achieve mastery. They're going to learn how to do a kickflip or a 360 judo air or whatever. Um, they want autonomy and it has purpose to them. Like yeah. they, they, they live for it. Now, does school value skateboarding? No. However, I, like, it's funny. Like last week's guest, um, the guy that I interviewed who was mega successful, just they announced that he was Time Magazine's product of the year skateboard kid who who basically picked blackberries picked enough blackberries to buy himself camera did skate videos etc 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 those kind of kids um get it at a high level in the sense of freedom you know the, the master autonomy purpose kind of thing the hard thing is is the good kids and i'm using my air quotes the kids that have always gotten an a or b they're stressed out about making sure they got that a or b there is no risk there is no, I'm going to stretch myself to the limit. I'm going to do the very minimum to guarantee that I have an A. And yeah. A's are not hard to get. No, and that's, uh, that's exactly what I'm, we're, we're going through a round of uh, presentations right now. And, and this one girl did an amazing presentation. I had it all, all laid out and everything has a great, has a great idea for, uh, 
teaching tech to a senior citizen so they can like connect with their grandkids and stuff. And it was beautiful. But the first thing she wanted feedback wise was what was my grade. And it was, you know, such, it was that a mixture of joy and just, you know, kind of crush on the inside. Like, all right, you did something fantastic. You have this great idea that you're ready to take off. But at the end, you're just worried about that letter. And breaking that is a, is a, an incredibly difficult, you know, task. That's, it is like, it's funny, like here's, here's normally the pattern I've seen when I, when I start the year. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do so much things this year. I'm going to accomplish so many things. That, that's what we call the uninformed optimism. I'm going to do, I'm going to code an app. I'm going to create a blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Then, then after about week four or five, then informed pessimism creeps in. Then it's like, oh, I know what I'm up against. This sucks. I didn't know this is this hard. Why did I sign up for this class? I don't like this teacher as much anymore. I thought he was funny and nice. Now he's demanding and, you know, <laughs> forcing me to, to work on things. Then they get into that pit of despair. And the pit of despair is either when I can like show them through setting goals, having reflections, setting stretch goals, understanding, you know, basics of the class they'll either stay in that pit of despair or a lot of times they'll move towards what I call then informed optimism of, okay, I know incrementally what I need to do each two weeks. I know that these goals are going to tie together in some way. And, but that takes a while because yeah. I know a lot of kids that either stay, well, actually it's funny. Uninformed optimism just doesn't last that long. And, and we have a joke about this class. We, they even came up with it. They're like the first nine weeks of this class, or man, the first five weeks of this class are the New Year's resolution. The rest yeah. of the year is January 15th. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to read a book a month. I'm going to lose 15 pounds. All those things hard to do. Then the wheels fall off. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And similar patterns to you? Yes. Very, yeah, very similar. And, but almost on a, a more kind of crunched, time frame. So we have we have 18 weeks for our course. So, you know, I'm trying we we get them in, we get them going and then it's a, the fact that it does take a little bit of time to get things going and then, you know, they reach out to somebody and that somebody doesn't get back or they reach out to multiple people or I have a, the the app coding. There's a young lady who's trying to code an app and she got in touch with the, it was trying to go through the help program and it came up and it was all in Arabic and she couldn't read it. So, you know, trying to even trying to, you know, find, you know, the, the workarounds for the workarounds and, and things like that have been, have been difficult, but it is, you know, trying to you know, kind of talking them off the ledge sometimes, you know, it's going to be fine. We'll, we'll figure out a way to do it. And then really, you know, realizing that my role as a teacher has completely changed now as well as you know it's no longer it's no longer about content it's about like how can i help you talk to this person how can i help you find this information you know what what skills and strategies can i do how can i you know help you you know advance those critical thinking and those collaboration skills to know that it, the information you're getting is actually good information as opposed to just you know a bunch of trash and and that's been you know uh, a bit of a learning a learning curve for me as well and and the kids and the kids and i are kind of you know going at it together right now, which has been, which has been nice. It's always nice to have a bunch of people in your boat. <laughs> no, getting them to start that process. Well, actually I won't recant it. Like, obviously I told people at the beginning of the show or hold on. 
start over. Actually go over that process. I, I said at the top of the show, I had called your class. Walk us through the simulation I had them do. Oh, you, uh, <laughs> you had them all get out a scrap of paper and write down the names of three people that if they were given $50,000, who, what three people from the class would they pick to be on their team as the most dependable students? And they, they scurried around, they got their, they got their paper and they started writing. And, and when you asked, well, who's on your, who's on your list? There was that, that, you know, sort of that cricket silence. And then the, then you asked, who do you think, who do you think puts you on their list? And my, my one student, Samir raised his hand and he said, I, I think I'm on people's lists. And there's, you know, no, no lack of confidence in Samir's part. And, and you asked, well, who, who else has Samir? And about five, five or six students raised their hands that he was on their list. And it, it went right along with that. You did, you did take the nice way around it and ask who do you think is on and not who didn't you put on your list, which I thought was, which, which was great. So thank you for that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but it's still that call to action. And cause yeah. like full disclosure, Seth, I, I interviewed Seth Godin. He's like, do this with your students. And I remember the first time I did it in my class and I did the same thing. I'm like, okay, somebody comes in here and they're like, they have a top secret project that has to get done. I didn't say the fate of the world rests on it, but like, you know, it's, it's going to benefit a lot of children, let's say. And I'm like, give me three people in here that you know you're going to count on to get done. And I'll never forget it because I said, okay, how many people here think that your name is on that list? And four people put their hands up. Hmm. And I go, and I asked the first kid, I go, did you put your name on it as well? I said, did you put your own name on it? Well, I guess it's the first name I put. <laughs> now, was he my best student? Yes. And I said, okay, how many people here put his name down? Almost every hand went up. Yeah. And I said, okay, of the three, everybody almost universally put the three. The fourth kid, he was just being delusional. A matter of fact, kids were like snickering. They're like, you've got to be joking, right? He's like, well, come on. And they're like, no, I would never count on you. And that whole, the truth hurts is yeah. like, and then that's when Seth, and, and it's, I think it's like episode, I forget which episode it is, but it's wonderful. He does it a little bit better, but he's like, when are you going to be the person that you know people know that they can count on you? When are you going to yeah. be the person that everybody knows that you're successful? He says, because it's your behavior. And, and I noticed the body language of your, I hate to say this, you're too least dependable. I saw the body language. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Right. And, oh. and I also saw the body language of two or three other kids are like, okay, my name's on that paper. I put my own name on that paper. I just didn't have the guts to raise my hand. But I like that simulation because it's a great way to start off the year. Yeah. And, and some people might say, well, it's going to make the kids feel bad if they're not. No, it's going to give them something to challenge to. Like I'm all about positivity and, and building our kids up, but a little bit of, Hey, this is what people think about you because of your behavior. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and, um, and yeah. And then of course, then I hammered it home. I'm like, and this is, this is why I wanted to have this conversation out loud with people listening. I told your kids, don't treat this like school. And, and, and that may be insulting to some other you know, people out there. Like, well, I should think that kids should always take school seriously. Well, let's be honest with each other. Some of our kids, deliberately and the, the stats are there they memorize things very short term because they know that tomorrow i don't need to remember this anymore don't yeah. treat this like this and 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 uh i, I could tell uh, yeah i could see the ones 
we're like, yeah, I'm going to own this. And I could see some of them are like, Hey man, if we have a B, we're all good here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, and that's exactly it. And, and, and getting, getting over that and then trying to get, have them, have them own that along with the fact that, you know, it's not, it's not great driven, but that doesn't mean you don't have to try. And, and that's been, and that's been the, the, uh, one of the, another one of the struggles on, <laughs> on the list, you know, it's, you know, that it's, it's not, you know, you know, trying not to be about carrots and sticks and stuff about them wanting to do well for the sake of doing well. And, and that's sometimes, you know, contrary to how school has been set up and run. So it's, it's a, sometimes it's a tough nut to crack. It is. So to the, well, first of all, um, I do have to know the backstory because it's never easy. How did you convince your principal slash superintendent slash school board to have this class? Well, actually I, I am uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, actually, uh, the class was started two years ago uh, by, by my superintendent and uh, our, our middle school principal and a wonderful teacher named Laura Cook, who uh, we spoke last year. He spoke with Laura a little bit. We, we called you on the phone, actually. And, uh, and for the past two years, she kind of got things up and running and going. Uh, as a district as a whole, we've really been trying to move forward uh, in, in innovation, innovation, you know, innovation thinking and, and getting, giving kids the opportunity to have more voice and choice and really get out there and kind of, you know, move towards what they what they want to do within the with and still be able to tie in you know normal sort of school things as well um so it wasn't it wasn't you know too much of a of a push you know the the biggest thing is actually getting getting people to realize that it's the the you know community and stuff and i and actually you know teachers as well to realize that it's not just a playtime it's not just a recess or a study hall that we're that we're doing you know great things in here. And, and that's been, and that's been, you know, moving, moving, you know, that way. And so we've really been sort of, you know, tying this year as, as sort of a PR year as well as, you know, getting, getting it out there and showing you know, what, you know, what we're doing. Yes. And how- I can't tell you how important that is. I, I get that email more than any other of Don trying genius hour. I'm starting to see some amazing things in our kids. However, in the office staff room, in the lunchroom, I'm getting, oh, it must be cute or nice to have this little playtime called Genius Hour. I'm covering the standards. And yeah. I'm like, well, then it's really important that you're transparent. Because uh, yeah. I, I, I've seen this again and again and again. Some people that are like anti-20% time or whatever you want to call it, they, they're just going off of how it sounds on, on paper. You know, it's a time where the kids do what they want. Well, that's just silly. But if you're transparent, if you start showcasing some of the student work, some of the, some of the things that they're looking into, the questions they're asking, then all of a sudden that paradigm shift is like, wait a second, this isn't a glorified recess. This is a time to think and do. And, and, um, I, you know, I applaud your school for wanting to take those risks because it's not easy. And it like well the irony is because it looks like it is easy and it's okay. not, and that's that's exactly what we've you know, what we've been coming up against. So we we did make a concerted effort this year to really explain to everybody you know what what we were doing, and then throughout inviting people into the classroom, inviting other teachers in who have have connections to what the projects are doing and and working and 
and bringing them in so they can see. And it's and it has helped because they they do see that the kids are applying these amazing you know, critical thinking skills that they're they're solving problems, they're identifying problems, which is even better than solving them sometimes. And and getting and seeing that it isn't just you know Mr. Gosnell's playtime. It's it's you know it's a it's tough. And and the kids are the kids are doing a wonderful job of of kind of working towards that. So it's it's been good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mac, I want to appreciate, again, I appreciate you doing this on the drop of a hat and uh, I enjoyed spending some time with your students today in their classroom and uh, gosh, uh, well, heck, anybody else is kind of struggling with this. If they want to ask some questions of you, where can they find you? Uh, I am uh, on Twitter at Gosnell Mac and uh, also at Gauz class. That's my, uh, my, the, the passion, our passion project, uh, Twitter account. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Robert Gosnell. So three very places. good. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, send my uh, congratulations to both the students and also the, the principal for, uh, and superintendent to, to really show some leadership and some bravery to have such a class in middle school. I think it's fantastic. Well, and thank you, Don. I mean, I would, I, I literally probably wouldn't be where I what where I am now if I hadn't heard uh, your interview with uh, with Jennifer Gonzalez on uh, the call to pedagogy. It was it was one of those sort of moments that you know, it, not to sound hackneyed, like really changed my life. So thank you for for being there and also being so supportive. I, it's 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 you know, it's sort of rare to have people who are just so willing to share what they have, and then I hope in turn to be able to share out as well. So thank you for that. Yeah. And thank you, Jennifer Gonzalez. That's awesome. All right. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, you've heard the struggles, you know what he's going through. Uh, If you have any questions for Mac, obviously you've got all the contact information. So I highly recommend you do so again. Also, thank you, Jennifer Gonzalez. I've gotten a lot of feedback from her show. She's got an amazing, amazing podcast. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, I I appreciate you being my guest and we'll uh, contact each other soon. All right. Thank you too. Have a great day.